What it do? You're in the building and you're listening to another episode of Mud Talk with your boy Coach T. Welcome back, Mud Talk family, man. I'm so happy to to be back on this mic, man. And ten, I tend to um get really, really fired up over certain topics and it can seem redundant at times and repetitive. But today we are going to talk about futility uh, as it pertains to people, life, and we're going to, of course, tie it in with sports. And we're going to try to get past this if we can. Before we do that, let's get a word from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by gingerbrand.com. Go to Gingerbrand for all your premium quality streetwear needs. Right now, I'm rocking my super dope, super comfy, all black Gingerbrand t-shirt. And it's really cool, man, because it actually has a Bible verse right on the front of it. It reads 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, which is right up my alley, man, if you know me. That's awesome, man. So shouts out to the owner of Gingerbrand for getting this out to me. It actually shipped really quickly. It arrived here at my house a lot, a lot sooner than I thought it would get here. You know, you can find them on Instagram at gingerbrand underscore. That's at J-E-N-G-E-R brand underscore. If you're on Twitter, go give them a follow at C-O Ginger or just go to the website, man, at gingerbrand.com and check them out. He has a ton of different streetwear from jogging suits to hoodies to you know, sweatshirts and t-shirts, man, all the kind of stuff that I like to rock. And I'm sure you guys like to rock, man. Shout out to Ginger Brand from the soil, a brand you can believe in, embracing uniqueness, gingerbrand.com. What's going on, Mud Talk family? It's your boy, Coach T. And I just want to say, man, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that continues to rock with the podcast. If you're sitting back right now and you're listening to this episode, thank you. Um, pat yourself on the back because I appreciate you. You're the reason that I actually continue to do this. I love to speak and I, I just want to make sure that when I'm speaking, that I'm actually doing something that's going to be a blessing to other people. And I talk about that a lot. So I've been challenged lately to make sure that when I'm speaking, I'm speaking to someone and not just speaking. So shout out to y'all if y'all listening right now. But um, we're touching base on a topic today that has to be talked about. It has to be discussed. And I feel like I can do my part by discussing it on the podcast. I hope everybody's been doing well. We have been pretty blessed over here in the Milton household. Two teenagers. My son just turned 17 few weeks ago and um just extremely grateful to 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 have a 17 year old which is unbelievable um still got our challenges kids are going to be kids teenagers are going to be teenagers and uh it's nothing we really can do about that but continue to pray and do the best that we can right tony will be 16 at the end of the month so as a matter of fact y'all say a prayer for me <laughs> as it pertains to parenting and uh just being a, a father and a husband and just trying to do my best to to be better in all areas, which can be challenging on a day-to-day basis because nobody's perfect. There was only one perfect person to walk this earth. And that was Jesus Christ. And so that's pretty much what's been going on over here in the Milton household. But it is basketball season officially. One of my favorite times of the year. Shout out to uh, the Charlotte Hornets who I'm looking forward to actually going to watch a couple of games this year just to go see LaMelo Ball. How well we're going to do, I'm not really sure. A lot of 
issues on the roster, a lot of holes in the roster. They got a bunch of young bigs that are going to have to find their way in the league. And excuse me, I got to take a sip of my tea real quick. But as these young bigs figure themselves out, you know, we got a seven foot one, seven foot two rookie and Mark Williams from Duke, who looks like he's going to contribute right away on the offensive and defensive boards and defensively. But offensively, he's extremely raw. He doesn't have a back to the basket game. He can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot at all. But you're you are a lottery pick. So I'm pretty sure if you want it bad enough, you'll find your way. And we're hoping that he does, even though he's from Duke. We won't mention that he's in the NBA now. So we let that stuff go. But um, I'm not even gonna lie. The preseason game. Let me take that back. The preseason game the other night when they played against the Boston, the Boston Celtics, where it was a fast break and it was Mark Williams. And on the other end was Justin Jackson, former North Carolina Tar Heel legend, uh, national championship winner, just bucket getter in Chapel Hill was mono with mono with our rookie Mark Williams, seven foot two center on a fast break. And so I'm like, kind of conflicted here. Who do I root for? The Carolina Tar Heel fan in me, of course, started rooting for Justin Jackson to block his shot. And that's exactly what happened. Seven foot two, Mark Williams went up to dunk the ball and his shot got glassed by Justin Jackson. <laughs> I, I actually was pretty happy in that moment. I mean, as sad as it sounds, it's, a preseason game, the Charlotte Hornets is my team, let's be clear. And in that very moment, that, that short time span, I was rooting for Justin Jackson to block Mark Williams' shot just because it was Duke versus Carolina again, just in a different way. So shout out to Justin Jackson as he continues his pursuit in the NBA to find a home. He's been on a few different rosters lately, and I'm rooting for him. He's um. From what I hear, I don't know him personally, but seems to be a great character guy, a uh, great family guy. And he, he's not giving up on his dreams because, you know, great college basketball players and football players don't always pan out to be great pros. And we know that. So if you can find a role in this league and you can stick around, um, it's not by luck. It is by hard work, determination and just the will to not lay down or give up. And you got to stay healthy. Speaking of which. We have a healthy Christian McCaffrey this year in Carolina. It's been a while since we've seen that. Uh, I'm not one big, I'm not one that's big on, on, on talking about injuries and talking about how a player can't stay healthy because I truly don't believe that's a thing, right? If you're a professional athlete and you take care of your body, you have access to the best facilities in the world and trainers. And in most cases, your money is going to allow you to do a lot of things that the average person can't do financially as it pertains to taking care of their body. So even if you take care of your body and something happens in a violent sport like football, where you, I don't break a leg, an arm or tear ACL. I don't think that has anything to do with you going out there trying to do it. Nobody's trying to get hurt. So I'm against the, the, the group of Panther fans that says, you know, that says that Christian McCaffrey has to say, stay healthy. I'm like, we would love for all of our players to stay healthy uh, in the grand scheme of things, but it's football. It's not going to happen. It's a violent sport. So I'm happy to see him on the field. He's an extremely talented uh, player. Of course, his dad played in the NFL for a long time. You know, won a couple of super, super Bowls up with uh, the Denver Broncos. And 
Christian McCaffrey is just a freak of a, a NFL player, not just a running back. He's a freak. I don't believe I've seen anybody with the ability to run routes and catch the ball at running back the way Christian McCaffrey does. I've seen a lot of great running backs. I've seen Barry Sanders, who had a kid as a kid, I was fascinated by watching historically one of the worst franchises in NFL history play on TV because of Barry Sanders. When you gave him the ball, something special was going to happen. And it was almost guaranteed. So it was like must must see TV for me when I was a kid. So Christian McCaffrey kind of reminds me of that person. If you put the ball in his hands, something special is going to happen. It's very rare that something bad is going to happen when you put the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hand enough. And so a lot of people have complained this year. The Panthers are one and four. Um, I, I hear a lot of the griping and grumbling on the on, on not only social media, but local sports radio, which I don't listen to as much lately because it's just, I don't know. It's just not the same. Maybe they need to sign your boy up. Maybe they need to give me, uh, not give me, but maybe I need to get on the radio. You know, what you think? Y'all tell me. But I think that, you know, listening to sports radio in Charlotte can be a bit sad because you realize you live in a town where sports, um, successful sports franchises don't exist. And eventually you just get tired of hearing it. So I cut it off. And sometimes I, I tune in for 10 minutes here or five minutes there if I'm in the car. But for the most part, I turn it off because the sports hosts on the radio have to find different ways to keep the audiences engaged by being funny, telling jokes, talking about food, talking about other things outside of actual sports. Or maybe they start talking about Charlotte FC. And I'm just going to be clear, um, if and when I get on the radio, have an opportunity to speak on the radio, um, I probably would talk primarily about football and basketball just because, listen, man, I, I've heard all the feedback from people that like soccer. And I had one guy who gave me a, a full breakdown on exactly what makes watching a soccer match exciting. And I respect him for that. For someone who loves soccer, yo, you can you should be able to tell me what makes it exciting to you. And if you don't want to tell me, that's cool as well. But I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, there was a baseball game, a playoff game the other night that that went for, went on for about five hours with no scoring. Again, don't see how that's exciting outside of the fact that if the team won, they got to continue to play in the playoffs. And I get that part. But if it's just a five-hour game with no scoring and you're just watching that, you can't sell me on that being exciting. So I'm still, you know, standing firm on the fact that I probably wouldn't want to talk any other sport outside of football and basketball and probably golf. I don't mind talking golf. I, you know, I love the game of golf. Um, I don't play it. I know all about it. I know how it works. I played on a video game with my family. We have we have a ball playing the uh, the, the Mario Golf on the Nintendo Switch. It's it's one of the most fun times that we have as a family together. When you have teenagers, it's very hard to get everybody in one living space in the home at one time because typically everybody's doing their own thing. My son's typically, you know, he's out playing basketball or you know, with his friends and same with my daughter. She's with her friends or, you know, after school, they, you know, they're doing something. They're rarely at home to where myself and my wife and we can all be downstairs. We had one of those moments recently on, I believe it was Friday night. I believe it was Friday night. We just found ourselves all in the living room, um, joking around, playing. 
I don't know what we were doing, but it was just fun. We were laughing and it lasted for about an hour and a half, two hours. But those are precious, precious moments for me as it pertains to being a father, because the older your children get, the more you realize the, the, they don't spend as much time around you. Like you wake up to them in the house, you get to see them. But as far as that time you spend together, it is, it is tough because they're they're teenagers and they want to do their own thing. And we got to kind of let them blossom. But at the same time, we want to keep that family structure in place. But we don't want to force it as well. So um, we had a fun time, you know, playing golf and doing things like that. We didn't play it Friday, but we did have fun. But either way, if I had a sports show, when I have a sports show, let's let's speak into existence because I do talk sports here. I have a sports show. Correct. Right. Um, I would definitely talk about football, basketball and golf. I don't know if I would talk about baseball. I don't know if I would talk about hockey. So if that's a deal breaker for uh, one of these radio stations, then I probably wouldn't get the job there. But everybody has a lane. And uh, I think that it's my lane to talk about the things I love and to help encourage other people to go after whatever they like to do. You know, don't let anybody tell you that it's not a lane for you. So when I get ready to have my own sports show, syndicated sports show, I'll be talking about the sports I want to talk about. And so with football season being here, shout out to the North Carolina Tar Heels right now. Hey, man, say what you want to say. A lot of people say we're a basketball school. I talk about the Duke fans because as Duke fans, you guys only cheer for your team doing doing basketball. It's pretty sad, honestly, that you have to find a different team to, to root for during football season. I would consider that a part-time fan, in my opinion. How can you be a diehard fan of a university or school or organization when you don't root for the basketball or other sports? It's weird to me. So uh, for Duke fans that don't watch football, hey, man, get your stuff together. Get ready for a butt whooping this weekend because you got to play Carolina and we're five and one. We're on the roll. We have one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Drake May, who has just blown people out the water with his ability to be calm, collected and just cool when it comes to being in the pocket. His accuracy is phenomenal. Up until this past weekend, he was leading the country in touchdowns. I believe C.J. Stroud at uh, Ohio State is now in first place with 27 touchdowns. I think Drake May is right behind him with like 24 or something like that. Don't quote me on it. Maybe off one or two touchdowns. And that was with Drake having a bad game. This was probably his worst game as a quarterback. And he still threw for 300, 300 yards. Um, he still threw multiple touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions, which now gives him a grand total of, you ready for this? Three on the season with 24 touchdowns. And so Luke, uh, Drake May, I was about to say his brother Luke, but Drake May is, on pace to probably be a legend at Carolina if he can stay healthy and um, avoid anything happening and we can keep a good offensive line and good weapons around him. Man, it's going to be fun to watch Drake May over the next two, three seasons. But we're five and one and we're on a roll and we're ready to head to, you know, to this next game and just get that victory bell and do what we do and embarrass Duke. We've been doing that for years and years and years, and it ain't going to change. So shout out to Mac Brown. Shout out to the whole staff up there at Chapel Hill. Just, you know, continue to fight. Uh, continue to fight. You know, Josh Downs, one of the best wide receivers in the country. He's actually ranked number five on the draft board. Uh, I think it's Mel Kuyper or Todd Mache, one of these guys who has him ranked as the number five best wide receiver. And this year's uh, upcoming draft, and he's just a dog, man. At 5'11", he's a super competitor, uh, strong hands, great route runner, 
and you can really put him anywhere. I would think he would probably play in a slot in the league if I was to guess. Kick return, punt return. He's definitely a guy that you want on your team. So shout out to Carolina for after only winning six games last year, already five and one, and on pace to win more games than we did all of last year. As a matter of fact, we're going to tie this week because we're going to win. Uh, we're going to tie all of last year's uh, wins within the first seven weeks of the season, which is phenomenal. So we got a few tough games on the schedule. We got Wake Forest coming up. I believe we have NC State that we have to play. So, I mean, we're going to have to get it done, but I'm excited for not only the present, but the future of this, this, this team and, and the pieces that we have in place. And then, last but not least, and what I truly mean, not least, the Carolina Panthers. Every year since I've started this podcast, I find myself dedicating an episode towards the Carolina Panthers. And it's typically not good. Um, it can seem repetitive. It can be redundant. And it can seem like, am I listening to the same episode from last year all over again? No, no, you're not. It's a new episode with, with, with new issues and the same stuff really going on. The Carolina Panthers are one of the worst organizations in the NFL. And our fan base is more divided than the United States and politics. And I truly mean that because you have a group of fans that believe that it's the coach's fault. You have a group of fans that believe it's the quarterback and the coach's fault. You have a group of fans that have now jumped on what I've been saying a couple years ago. Go back in the archives now. And I said it, that we should have traded Christian McCaffrey when we had the chance to really get a lot back for him. Because he's a running back. And running backs, their value um, decreased over the years in the NFL. And since we gave him that huge contract, it's going to be hard to move him. And I think that we're so dedicated to him that we wouldn't move him anyway. The only way that Christian McCaffrey would leave this organization is if he either demanded a trade, which I don't really see, really see happening, or if, you know, un, you know, and I'm not wishing this on him, if he was to have some kind of freak injury that would result in him not playing football again, or he would decide to just go Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and just walk away from the game. Because when you pay for a bad organization, it takes, it has, I would imagine it has to take a toll on you uh, mentally knowing that not only you're giving everything you have to be the best version of you you can be, um, expectations are high for you because you're extremely talented and you're doing everything you can, but the team's not winning. At some point in time, you have to make a decision for you to say, do I deal with the stress? Do I deal with the pressure? Or do I demand to go to a winning organization and go experience what winning feels like? Because to be clear, you're a paid professional athlete. This is your job. None of us would um, willingly stay in a toxic work environment. Uh, we're quick to say this job isn't for me. I don't like this boss. I don't like these employees. I don't like my coworkers. I don't like what's going on here. So I'm going to look for a new job and I don't like my pay. So, yeah, I'm out. So what's the difference between us doing that and a professional athlete who whose job is to play football or basketball for them to say that they don't want to be a part of that organization anymore? They want to go to a winning. They want to be a part of a winning culture. Don't we all want to be a part of a winning culture? Don't we all want to be somewhere where we feel like our gifts are going to be uh, 
able to bless others and we're going to also be able to reap the rewards of being a part of a winning organization because let's be clear if you're always a part of a losing losing organization or a losing team there's certain things that you're missing out on there's certain things that you won't experience there's certain areas in your life that you won't grow in because you're not around winners you're always around losers and i don't care how talented you are at some point in time you have to remove yourself from losers and as an organization we are losers and this isn't an opinion these are facts this isn't an opinion these are facts so there's another group of carolina panther fans who believe that we're crazy for saying that we would we wish christian mccaffrey would go to a winning team and get to experience what it feels like to win get to experience what it feels like to be a part of a playoff team a team that has a chance to win a super bowl year in and year out not because of him alone but because the organization is built to win even if they have one bad season some kind of way they're going to rebound then there's a group of panther fans who love to make excuses for our futility and for those of you who don't know the definition of futility let, let's just go through it really quick man because uh, it's a term that is, is is used a lot but when it's used in sports I think that sometimes, yeah, let's just put it like this. Carolina Panther fans don't know how to accept that we're, um, what we're watching in this Carolina Panthers organization is futility right in front of our face. All right. So the definition of futility is having little or no purpose or importance or has little positive outcome. Has that not been the Carolina Panthers for majority of my life? As a fan who spent money on merchandise and go to games, who dedicates time to watching the games, who for a while would be dictated, my emotions would be dictated by the outcomes of the games on Sundays or Thursdays or whenever we played. Have I not been watching Futility my whole life with this organization? I mean, it says clearly right here, futility is having little or no purpose or importance or has little positive outcome. Let's talk about the positive outcome. You know me, I brought my research and, I, and I'm ready. I'm ready with my research. So for everybody that got your opinions about this, that, and the third, I want you to throw out the window first and foremost right now before I even throw these numbers out here. Throw out the window. And I'm talking to you, Panther fans, the ones that always like to say, oh, where these these franchises have been around longer than us. Uh, they, they, they've had more years to be successful than us. Hey, well, yeah, you got a point. But at some point in time, you got to stop using that. Newsflash, the Carolina Panthers have been around 28 years. So here's a snapshot of the last 25 years and what futility looks like in the NFL. The Detroit Lions in the last 25 seasons, and I didn't even go 28, but in the last 25 years, because if I went 28, we would have even more losing seasons on here. Um, but in the last 25 years, the Detroit Lions have had six winning seasons. Six. They've had six winning seasons. And when you look at a franchise like the Detroit Lions, you think historically bad. You think historically terrible. Um, futility, you know, if futility was a person, you would think the Detroit Lions, right? 
there would be a picture of their uh, their logo and their mascot. But then I think about the players that they produce, the Barry Sanders, the Calvin Johnsons, um, the Matt Staffords, who just won a Super Bowl when he left a losing organization and went to a winning culture and boom, like that, won a Super Bowl. Then there's the New York Jets, who everybody thinks about when you think about futility as it pertains to the NFL. The New York Jets in the last 25 years, this, this stat actually blew me away. Seven winning seasons for the New York Jets in the last 25 years. That's pretty impressive to me for a team that when you hear their name, all you think about is losing. For real, like all you think about is losing. Then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, just like the Carolina Panthers, came into this league as a brand new team. And, you know, they were stuck in between a rock and a hard place. You know, being in Florida, where there's multiple teams and you're the new team and trying to just win over a fan base and create your own lane. Let's be clear, they've had their set of challenges. But in 25 years, you ready for this one? The Jacksonville Jaguars have had seven winning seasons. All right, let's keep going. The Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, when I think about Chicago, I think about trash. A team is just garbage. And I ain't talking about, like, the teams that have won Super Bowls because they, they have Super Bowl victories. But I'm talking about in the last 25 years, the Chicago Bears have had seven, seven winning seasons. Then let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. You want to talk about Miami? Miami's typically trash. They're typically in the top of the draft every year. Miami has had nine winning seasons. That's actually pretty good. Um, that's one of the higher numbers on this list. Then you have a team that a lot of people tend to forget about just because in Texas it's a big state. And you got the Dallas Cowboys and everybody wants to talk about Dallas, who's doing really, really well right now without their starting quarterback. So shout out to them. Um it's the Houston Texans. In the last 25 seasons, they've had eight winning seasons. Eight. Eight for 25 for the Houston Texans, who we know to be a pretty bad organization. A lot of things have come out of that organization. Not a lot of winning, but they had eight winning seasons in the last 25 years. Then there's Washington. <laughs> the Washington Commanders, right? Formerly known as in 25 seasons, the Washington Commanders have had six winning seasons and a ton of different coaches, quarterbacks, and an owner who a lot of people don't like because he seems to not really get how to put together a great product on the field. But six for 25 for the Washington Commanders. And then there's a team that's really, really close to home who for a long time I felt like was a rival back when they had Michael Vick. And then, of course, after Michael Vick, they ended up having, you know, a pretty decent quarterback who is no longer there right now, but I'm pretty sure they wish they would have kept him. Um, and Matty Ice. But the Atlanta Falcons, with the highest number on this list in the last 25 years, as it pertains to futility and bad organizations, the Atlanta Falcons have had 11 winning seasons. 11, 11 winning seasons out of 25, which is great. They've experienced winning way more than us. And then there's the Carolina Panthers. And then again, these are real stats, real facts, no opinions. The Carolina Panthers in the last 25, 
let's just round it up 28 years and include this season if you want because we're one and four and we're headed nowhere we're headed absolutely nowhere in 25 years we have seven winning seasons seven zero super bowl victories and seven winning seasons at some point in time as a fan that's in the group of fans that like to say oh we haven't been around long enough Let's just take a snapshot and compare it to all the other really bad organizations over the time that we've been in the league. And that tells the story right there. We're a bad organization. We're not a coach away. We're not a quarterback away. We have some really, really deeply rooted changes, deeply, deeply rooted issues, excuse me, that have to be fixed. And, of course, it starts with the front office. I agree. The people that's making the decisions. You can't overlook that. Then the coaches. And, of course, the players on the field have to be great. Christian McCaffrey is one guy. And last time I checked in this city, every time we have one guy, we run him into the dirt and we get rid of him. Kimber Walker is one of those people right now. Kimber Walker is somebody who did a phenomenal amount of things for the city of Charlotte. You know, did everything he could. And now, once we got, once he decided to leave because we wouldn't pay him, he's looking for a spot right now in, in, in the NBA. Nobody signed him. His best years were spent playing for a bad organization. And if he would have demanded out earlier, he probably would have had a chance while in his prime to actually experience winning basketball. And so it sucks for him. Cam Newton's another example. You know, Steve Smith, he got out his last few years and we wouldn't pay him and went to Baltimore, got the feel, um, you know, experience what it felt, feel, feels like to win, even though he went to a Super Bowl here and, you know, did experience some good times. But overall, seven winning seasons in 25 years, he didn't experience a lot of that. Um, right now, there's LaMelo Ball, who I hope that we can figure it out before it gets to that point with him. And with Christian McCaffrey, I just want to be clear really quick before I have to get out of here. Since CMC has been drafted in 2017, we've only had seven winning seasons. Uh, like I said, since we've had seven winning seasons in 25 years. But since CMC has been drafted, we've had one winning season. In that particular season, he contributed 435 rushing yards, 651 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. So not the best season. But since we've had Christian McCaffrey, we can't win with him. We can't win when he's not on the field. So why not trade him and try to get something for him? I don't get it. Maybe his contract is too big right now. Tell me what you think. Is it time for us to move on from Christian McCaffrey? Or do we continue to, to, to keep hope alive that we'll be able to build a whole team around Christian McCaffrey before he just gets too old to be as productive as he has been for the Carolina Panthers? You can always reach out to me at mudtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Get on Instagram. Give me a follow. Tap in with me at mudtalkpodcast. On Twitter, you already know the deal. It's at Mud Talk Podcast. And go check out the apparel company. It's hoodie season, rawmelonapparel.com. New hoodies, crew necks on the way. Get your pre-orders in right now. We got some really dope colorways coming out. You ain't going to want to miss them this fall. But you know the deal, man. You know the saying. Love is free. Hate costs. You've been listening to another episode of Mud Talk with your boy, Coach T. We out. <laughs>